This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly podcast, you will get the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, and baseball from HOL's Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Dan Hoppen, Nate Klaus, and Greg Peterson. Now, here's your host, HuskerOnline.com publisher, Sean Callahan. And welcome to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus in here as Robin Washett is on vacation here for this week's show, but plenty of recruiting uh, that we're going to deal with here today. And um, let's start no further with the uh, California Satellite Camp. It will take place uh, on Sunday uh, from uh, 11 o'clock to 1 or 2 o'clock on the West Coast time. So late afternoon in Nebraska, but the entire Husker uh, coaching staff will be on the road in Los Angeles at Calabasas High School on Saturday and Sunday. The camp is on Sunday, but uh, we will have full coverage of the event. Uh, Nate Klaus, myself, Robin Washett, our videographer, Greg Peterson, we will all be down um, at Calabasas. And uh, let's start right away with this, Nate. As you look at this event, um, as we get ready for this, how big of an opportunity is this weekend for Nebraska? Well, it's a monster opportunity for Nebraska, not only because they're going to be able to get in front of the kids at Calabasas. Obviously, they've got two commitments at the high school and they're going after a couple of other guys like Darnay Holmes, a five-star corner, uh, Bookie Radley-Hiles, who's the 2018 uh, Rivals 100 corner. But there's a lot of other Southern California kids that are going to be at this camp, a lot of high-profile targets of Nebraska's. Uh, I'm expecting, you know, I think there could be a handful of five-star players at, at this camp. Joe of Lewis, who's the number one wide receiver in the entire country uh, from Los Angeles Hawkins High School, is uh, is probably going to be there. Um, you know, a handful of other guys, Tyjon Lindsey, the number five overall wide receiver. Um, you know, the list goes on and on of all the guys, high profile targets in Southern California that are expected to be there. So, uh, huge opportunity for Nebraska to, to get in front of these guys some more, get more face time. You know, a lot of them have already visited uh, in. And some have visited and planning to come back to the Oregon game this fall. And, uh, and there's a handful of guys that have yet to take the trip to Lincoln, but have heard so much about it that they've already scheduled the, that Oregon visit as well. So, um, you know, and I think what's going to be interesting to me is how many junior college guys show up, because this is one of the few satellite camps that have actually promoted the junior college players are welcome to come out there and then uh with pairing up with hawaii i'm interested to see if there are you know any polynesian players that show up that maybe wouldn't have otherwise because i think that's an area that nebraska would definitely like to to uh uh, be a factor in. I think they'd like to make a Polynesian pipeline of sorts. So a lot of different storylines heading into this weekend. They're really diversifying their satellite camp portfolio, as yeah, exactly. your financial analyst would say. Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus, as we get you ready for uh, Nebraska's satellite camp that will take place this weekend at Calabasas, California, as the entire Husker staff will be out there. And, and Nate, I think what's unique to me is there's so many satellite camps in the southeast and in and, and that part of the country. And um, a lot of those teams, though, that are on that side of the country don't recruit west. And I, I think this camp in, in Los Angeles could arguably be as big of a satellite camp as any on the west coast. Uh, Michigan will obviously have a camp out there. But teams like USC, UCLA, they don't do these types of events. So I think from a potential standpoint for Nebraska – uh, this could be maybe as big of a satellite camp on the West Coast as any we'll see this year. Yeah, it's going to rank right up there. I promise you that. Now, USC and UCLA, you know, with everyone jumping into the satellite camp business now, uh, since it's kind of turned into the wild, wild West now, uh, they, they are going to be, you know, uh, coaching in a couple different showcases I know but in terms of being you know having an entire staff there and being at a smaller event um, they don't need it, to do them yeah they don't need to do them so um, yeah I think this could be one of the bigger ones on the west coast and and I think from a media perspective I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find another camp that's going to be covered as well as this uh, Calabasas camp because uh, you know every Nebraska media outlet it seems like is, is planning on being out there Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus, as we get you ready for Saturday and our Sunday satellite camp in Calabasas. And, uh, you know, last year, Nate, we were at Santa Monica when Nebraska held their camp out there. And it wasn't the biggest as far as numbers, but I think the per capita, the man for man was definitely the best that we saw. Jebbia was a young kid there throwing and you know, Patrick O'Brien and, and several other top, top guys, um, you know, quarterback wise. 
do you expect the numbers to be a lot bigger than what we saw last year? That was a Friday night camp um, in a tough part of town to maybe get to on, on Friday rush hour. Yeah, I do think the numbers overall are going to be much, much larger than that Santa Monica camp because there was probably only, what, 60 to 75 kids there, if that. And you run a camp on a Friday during L.A. rush hour versus Sunday morning. Uh, I think that is a big difference for that part of the country. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think, uh, you know, all of all of Calabasas is going to be there. I think really from Ventura County on down uh, down the, the coast, down to Orange County, um, you know, there's there's kids talking about heading up to, to Calabasas to go to this camp. And um, and again, I think there's going to be some some junior college players in the mix, too. So you're going to see a, a, a large mixture of players out there. Um, and a lot of underclassmen. You know, Nebraska obviously has uh, targeted and identified a lot of these 2017 kids, uh, and, and they're getting their top targets to come out to this camp. But uh, there's going to be a lot of underclassmen, a lot of 2018, 2019 prospects that are going to be out there and wanting to get on the radar because they're all hearing about Nebraska. There is a buzz about it uh, out in Southern California. Kids are talking, and, and I think there's a lot of kids who are wanting to kind of meet these coaches and, and try to get on the radar to be recruited by the Huskers. Now, do you expect then like a, a Keyshawn and a Darnay? I mean, all these guys are going going to participate in the camp, right? From what I understand, the the majority of them are expected to participate. They're they're uh, Darnay Holmes may not participate. I know but it's his school, those but his, his school they'll be there. Uh, there's no question they'll be there. But and I think that mo- the majority of them will participate. The bad thing is, is if they're there. Uh, that technically the coaches aren't able to really communicate with them and, and talk with them, converse with them, coach them, whatever. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the gray area in terms of, of rules, NCAA rules. So uh, I do think because of that, a lot of these guys are, are going to be participating, uh, at least paying the entry fee uh, and maybe going through a few drills. It's maybe, 20 bucks or something, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's relatively cheap. Um, you know, and especially for, for what you're going to get out of it. So uh, these kids are going to be going through it. I, I expect all of these high-profile kids uh, to, to be there. Uh, they may not all work out, but I, I do think the majority of them will. Yeah, and this is one I think, Nate, as we look at this camp, I mean, you, you got to do it by the – I mean, you can't bend the rules in the situation because there's definitely going to be a lot of eyes in the sky probably keeping an eye on Nebraska and Los Angeles because there's a lot of coaches – um, from the Division One level that don't want the Huskers obviously running this camp um, at the most fertile part of uh, Los Angeles at this point. Yeah, you, you, they better they better uh, play it by the book because, uh, you know, even though USC and UCLA kind of get their pick at times in Southern California, that's not, you know, Nebraska's kind of ruffled some feathers down Mike there. Mike Riley is kind of that annoying gnat right now yeah, to them. Exactly. They, they have uh, – they've kind of – put somewhat of a foothold into into the mix of, of USC, UCLA, and, and they're giving these guys a, a, a legitimate fight with, with some of these top overall targets in the state of California. And that is, hasn't really gone over all that well at UCLA, at USC. So um, there's no question that those coaching staffs don't really want Nebraska to have a whole lot of success or at least any more success than they already have in the area. Uh, so, they, yeah, they, they, better, uh, they better go by the book, the book there and I think they will. Nebraska is not a team that that looks to bend rules or, or, or even you know certainly break rules. So uh, they usually do go by the book, and and I think uh, overall this is going to be going to be a great camp. And Los Angeles has never been more for the taking. You, you look at UCLA with Nebraska beating them straight up, just shoving the ball down their throat um, in a bowl game victory. USC is uh, kind of still rebuilding. They hire a coach that doesn't really have a lot of name recognition. Stanford is Stanford academically. They're very limited. Oregon has kind of, um, you know, gone through some change with Chip Kelly gone. So a huge opportunity this weekend for Nebraska as we will have full coverage of the Los Angeles Satellite Camp on Sunday uh, as we'll have coverage posted uh, throughout the day, Sunday and Monday and all next week. Uh, But when we come back, we want to shift over to more Satellite Camp talk. Nebraska held a camp as well. Uh, this week in St. Louis, HuskerOnline.com was the only local area Nebraska media outlet in attendance at that camp. We'll get Nate Klaus's thoughts on what he saw at the St. Louis Satellite Camp. That's next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.
You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And back here on the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan and A. Klaus, as we continue satellite talk, uh, satellite camp talk here as Nebraska is uh, in full swing. And, and these things really could start on June 1st. And uh, Nebraska wasted no time taking advantage of the first day of June as they sent a large group of staff members down to the St. Louis area at Lindenwood University, uh, Nebraska. No full-time coaches there, but really every graduate assistant intern. Uh, you had guys like Ryan Gunderson, Kenny Wilhite there representing Nebraska, Todd McShane. Um, it was a large, large group, and uh, nearly 600 campers were in attendance in that camp. Nate, what were your thoughts, first of all, going down to St. Louis and, and, and watching the camp? Well, first of all, I was impressed with the the turnout. Though, I mean, to have nearly 600 kids at that camp uh, was was you know pretty much blew my mind because you know we were at Atlanta, we were at Miami, Dallas, Los Angeles last year, and there wasn't a camp at any one of those major cities that had 600 kids at it. And and then when you looked at the group of athletes that were there, uh, I mean, there were a lot of big kids, uh, you know, long, lean, athletic, fast kids there. It was uh, a great collection of talent and I, and I think that uh, what also impressed me were all the college coaches that were there. You had 34 different football programs represented from uh, from Butler County Community College uh, in Kansas all the way up to Nebraska, Iowa State, Iowa, you know, those uh, Big Ten, Big 12 schools. So, uh, and pretty much everyone in between. So it was an unbelievable opportunity for all those kids and a great opportunity for all those coaches uh, to see, you know, around 600 kids or so. And, um, and I think in St. Louis, the 2018 and 2019 classes have a chance to be pretty special. And um, and I think it was smart of Nebraska to, to kind of go into this camp, try to get a foothold in that city, because I, the entire area is kind of primed for the picking right now. When, when you look at Missouri's situation, kind of the turmoil that's going on there, the staff changeover at Illinois, you know, both those programs have traditionally recruited that area very well. And Nebraska can kind of get in there and get a foothold now. And that was an area you go back to when Kevin Cosgrove got hired by Bill Callahan. He was a kind of a St. Louis specialist and they got Chris Brooks, which was huge at that time. Uh, and obviously his career didn't produce maybe like w what people thought it was when he committed, but um, Nebraska just for whatever reason, Nate has never been a huge St. Louis team the last several years. But I think, as you said, there's so much potential there. It's one of those weird markets where, um, you know, it's bigger than Kansas city. There's more talent there than Kansas city. Uh, but there's really not a dominant program in there that kids grow up watching. And uh, I, I think you're right. I mean, that this is an area where if I'm Nebraska, you want to have a guy go down there uh, at least three, four days of the evaluation type periods to, to make the rounds. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, maybe even more than three or four days. I think you could legitimately spend a week down there. If you were if you were uh, committed to making a presence in St. Louis, I think you could you know spend easily spend a week hitting all the schools in the area, both on the the Missouri side and even on the East St. Louis side in, in uh, you know in O'Fallon there in, in Illinois. So I mean, there's just a ton of talent and. When you look at and you talk to a lot of those kids, some are Missouri fans, some grew up, you know, watching Illinois, but there isn't a, a you know, one team that everyone, you know, was childhood favorites of. And, and so I think that kind of allows a school like Nebraska to come in there. And, and you mentioned Kevin Cosgrove, that he had great success recruiting the area when he was at Wisconsin. And he pulled Chris Brooks, uh, Mike McNeil. Uh, Keith Williams, you know, had a little bit of success there, but then it really fell off. And nearly and, Blaine Gabbert came out of there. Yeah, yeah, Blaine Gabbert, and uh, and really, really from Blaine Gabbert until Trey Bryant, they didn't sign anyone out of that city, and uh, I think that was way Tanner too long. Farmer. Really, I mean, you could kind of say he's in the yeah. vicinity, but not really. No, not really. He's somewhat close to St. Louis, but um, I wouldn't call it St. Louis. He was whatsoever. like from. Highland, Illinois. Backwoods, farm yeah. town, Illinois. Yeah. So I think that was far too long of a, a lapse in recruiting that, that city. So uh, it's nice to see Nebraska trying to get back in there. It's obviously a city that falls within the 500-mile radius. And if you can start to pluck one or two players out of there each year in high-profile guys like a Trey Bryan that carries a lot of clout in that area uh, and they can in turn recruit other guys out of there, uh, I think it could be something 
and it snowballs in the future. Well, because I, I look at it like this. Obviously, those kids can get here, whether it's driving or the direct flights offered on Southwest to Omaha. There's options to get guys here from St. Louis for their families. Uh, but the other thing, Nate, is you, you go down to like the deep south. Sometimes you're just banging your head against the wall because you might uncover a guy in Georgia or Florida or Mississippi or wherever. That's great, but you just basically let everybody in the SEC or the ACC know about the guy you found, and, and, and a lot of times then it doesn't work out. For in St. Louis, you might find a guy, and at least you've got the geography on your side where these kids are a lot closer to you. I think the geography key is key to that whole deal because moving you know, from St. Louis to Lincoln is far less of a change for a kid than, say, Miami or Atlanta to Lincoln. So I think that transition is a little bit easier. Uh, and those kids you know, may fit the, culturally a little bit better as well. That, that uh, The acclimation period may not be quite as dramatic as what it would be for a kid from the Deep South or something. So um, you know, to me, that's that's a it makes too much sense not to to recruit St. Louis, and uh, especially at this point in time. I mean, I just feel like Nebraska could really get a, a foothold in that area, and it could be extremely productive when you look at all the talent that's coming out of there. Well, let's talk about how productive it was. Uh, Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus here. We talk we're talking about Nebraska's St. Louis satellite camp here that took place on Wednesday night at Lindenwood University. Uh, Nebraska makes an offer, Nate, at the event to a 2019 uh, St. Louis John Vianney wide receiver Cam Coleman. And um, this is a very interesting offer because uh, usually you don't offer guys this young, but uh, Cam Coleman was far and away maybe the best prospect, Nate, at this camp. Yeah, he was arguably the top performer overall out of on nearly 600 kids there. And, and for him to only be a freshman and go out there and, and compete like he did and, and really just, I mean, he was virtually uncoverable. And, uh, and he caught everything. The kid has tremendous hands, uh, extremely fast and quick. Um, he's he's got superstar potential written all over him, and he has you know some of the offers to back it up at this point in time. Uh, Missouri has already offered, Nebraska now has offered, Iowa State, and he's gaining more and more attention. I know Ohio State is interested. Uh, he's planning on visiting there, but uh, it was it was good for Nebraska to get in the door. Now I, I had an opportun opportunity to speak with Cam and his father. They've got legitimate interest in Nebraska and, I, and they were really hoping to land that offer after that performance uh, that they had on Wednesday night at the camp and when that offer came they were they're very excited they're planning on visiting Nebraska one of the Big Houston. Red weekends maybe yeah possibly for a Big Red weekend I don't think that they'll camp I think uh, prior to the offer coming they were thinking about possibly going to a Friday night lights camp uh, to to maybe seal the offer but now that that offer has come I think it'll probably be a Big Red weekend and he this is another kid though in that 2019 class who people know about him already and he has a lot of friends he, he's he's very popular uh, and has kind of uh, performed very well in the seven on seven circuit and so he could be bringing other kids up there with him uh, when they do visit so uh, this is this is a guy you want to get in, in your area right there in the 500 mile radius I think it was key for Nebraska to go ahead and, and put throw their hat in their ring right now uh, rather than waste any time. No doubt. Uh, if you can just get one guy like this and offer him, there's no doubt it was a productive night uh, for the staff. And, and, and I'm sure, Nate, more offers and things could come out of this uh, just with the information now that they have learned on these young men. Yeah, no question about it. That there was a couple quarterbacks there that I know Nebraska was looking at. Tyler Foote is a 2018 quarterback out of uh, John Burroughs High School, uh, same high school as Ezekiel Elliott came out of. He, he's got a, a huge arm. He's got maybe almost too strong of an arm at times. Maybe he needs to, to show a little bit more touch on the ball. Uh, Christian Perez is a kid out of O'Fallon, Illinois, that, that impressed at the quarterback position. Um, you know, and then you look at the the 2018 defensive lineman in in St. Louis right now. Trevor Trout is a top 100 overall prospect in, in the 2018 class, one of the top defensive tackles in the nation. He uh, he was at the camp, did not work out at the camp, so the coaches you know really weren't able to to have much contact with him. But they did have plenty of contact with his high school coaches. Um, you know, and, and he obviously knew that the entire Nebraska staff knew that he was there and. I think there was uh, maybe some nonverbal communication.
communication that that took place but you know and Trevor Trout uh, told me that he's planning on visiting Nebraska here in, in a couple weeks uh, we'll also be going up to Ohio State um, you know and he's he's a top guy a defensive tackle at a position of need uh, I think that's uh, that's one of those kids you need to get on campus and you need to, to at least be in the running for and I think the Huskers have done a, done a good job positioning themselves well there then Michael Thompson another defensive tackle in that 20, 2018 class at Parkway North was at the camp did not work out but much of the same the, the staff had a, a great opportunity to have communication with the, his coaching staff and further those relationships he's another one that's going to be visiting Nebraska soon along with Ohio State so um, you know and the list goes on there's a Kyron Williams is another 2019 wide receiver uh, that that really showed well um, you know Cameron Brown from Christian Brothers College High School um, you know, same high school as Trey Bryant same high school as Cameron Babb who's one of the a top 100 player in that 2018 class at Nebraska is all over as well so um, you know tons of talent uh, skill position players and and defensive linemen all right, we're going to continue our recruiting discussion with Nate Klaus here later on in the show. Uh, but we've got some other things we're going to talk to, uh, deal with. Uh, we've got the Nebraska Shrine Bowl coming up here on Saturday in Kearney. Uh, we're going to have a breakdown on that. But next, uh, we're actually going to bring back an old friend of the, the show. Dan Hoppin uh, wrote a very interesting article uh, on Huddle uh, about what prospects should and should not do uh, when putting together highlight film reels. We're going to talk to Dan about that next. Uh, you're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online show as we continue this uh, June edition of the show as the summer camp season is getting into full swing. But uh, we want to take a step aside from that discussion and uh, bring back uh, an old friend here uh, of HuskerOnline.com, Dan Hoppen, a former uh, four-year member of here, our staff here at Husker Online. Uh, Dan now working with Huddle with a new role and and first of all Dan um, we miss you over here at Husker Online and we hope everything's going well with you at the new position. Well you guys can't miss me as much as I miss you this is uh, making me pretty nostalgic right now. Um, I I mean I want to be clear I love my new position love my new job and everything but I miss my boys over at Husker Online uh, and just the great work that you guys have done. I've tried to kind of stay active on the on the Red Sea Scrolls when I can and everything. I've been able to be over there as much as I'd like, but I can't tell you, you know, how happy I am to be back on the podcast today. Well, Dan, I want to first ask you about Huddle working there. You've been there now a month, and and this is one of the fastest growing sports tech companies in the world with what they're doing with the film and how they've evolutionalized things. What's really opened your eyes the most uh, being at Huddle, uh, which is based right here in Lincoln? I think one of the biggest things um, to me, and this is actually something that was kind of true at Husker Online as well. I mean, this is obviously more of an office atmosphere, but Huddle has a very work hard, play hard mentality. And that's, I mean, like, obviously people have to come into the office, but there's no, you know, set hours. It's not like you have to come in at eight, leave at five. I mean, that's generally what I do, but you can, you kind of have some flexibility there. You know, you can, you can take an hour off to go to lunch if you want to, you know, there's obviously it's not truly unlimited vacation. You have to come into work sometimes, but there's unlimited vacation. But when people are working, they work very hard. And I think that's kind of a, a cool business structure that you give so much freedom to your employees, but in return, you know, they, they don't take advantage of you, but that just makes someone work that much harder and earn it. And I think a lot of the same was true at Husker Online. You know, you weren't someone who was down on drugs all the time. You were basically you know, we would have our budget meeting every week and, and you would say, okay, here's what I need to get done. I don't care when you get it done or how you get it done, but it has to be done by this point. And if it's done and by that time, I will be happy. And that's kind of the same mentality that's here. So I think that's kind of an interesting corporate structure uh, that we're going to start seeing in more and more businesses. Uh, at least I hope so, because it's been a really fun experience here. We're talking with former Husker Online staff writer Dan Hoppen, now a content producer at Huddle. And and Dan, the reason I, I wanted to talk to you today was you, you put together uh, a very interesting uh, football article where you interviewed Nebraska's director of personnel, Ryan Gunderson, uh, about p- what prospects should and should not do as far as putting together a highlight film. And 
and uh, it got a lot of attention on the internet. Several different other football company websites, even uh, LinkedIn decided to aggregate the article, and that's a whole other uh, story we could talk about. But uh, what was your idea, I guess, putting this together, and what did you learn about uh, from talking to Ryan Gunderson? Well, I, I was just interested, you know, because we, we see all these highlight films that these athletes put out and stuff, but I was like, okay, you know, it's great and it's fun for us as fans or writers to watch that, but when when Mike Riley sits down to watch video or when Ryan Gunderson, um, you know, who's obviously a huge part of Nebraska's recruiting staff, sits down to watch video, what are they actually looking for? You know, are they are there certain things that make them – you know, say, oh, hey, I, I really need to, you know, watch more of this kid or something. Um, and so some of the main things that that, uh, that Ryan talked about, he, he talked about the importance of brevity, not, you know, don't like, don't have a 10-minute long highlight film. If, if you have that, you know, for friends and family or whatever, that's great. But just go into it with the understanding a coach is not going to stick around that long and, uh and, you know, listen to all or watch all 10 minutes of your video. He's probably going to watch two or three minutes, and you better catch his attention within the first, you know, 45 seconds to a minute and a half, or he might just turn it off and move on. Coaches, and you know this, Sean, they don't have a lot of free time. And uh, what, what little time they do have, you know, they're not just going to sit around watching highlights all day. So put your most impressive plays first. Make sure your first couple plays on your highlight film, um, make sure they're touchdowns. Uh, he gave a, a pretty funny quote by uh, Keith Williams, Nebraska's wide receivers coach, saying, uh, I'm, not, I'm not impressed by you being tackled. I don't want to see you getting tackled. It's a big year highlight film. That doesn't impress me. So I think that's, uh, that's something that's really important, just making sure that you get some impact plays at the beginning, maybe three or four of your best ones that can hopefully catch a coach's eye. And if it does catch their eye, then they'll turn off your highlight film and they'll pop in the game film and see if you, you know, consistently are able to bring that kind of effort on every play or if you just have a couple highlights. Well, I think it's important you, you put something like this out there because I, I don't think a lot of kids and coaches really know this. A lot of people just do it how you would think. Uh, they do it chronologically, game one to game ten, best plays mm-hmm. from game one, best plays from game two, and they just kind of go down the line and that gets up to about 12, 13 minutes or so for a lot of you know, high profile guys, but you know, if your best play is in game 10, that better be the be- the first play on your highlight. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think another important thing that coach, uh, coach Gunderson pointed out was that the coaches like to see variety in a game film. You know, it's great. You know, if you're a running back and you're really fast and you can break a, you know, break it to the outside and, and you start off your highlight film with four 60 yard touchdown runs or whatever, that's that's great, but all that does is showcase your speed. And uh, coaches want to see more than that. They want to see your agility. They want to see your strength. You know, can you break a tackle? Can you uh, can you get in a phone booth with a safety and beat him? Those are things that they want to see as well. So if you're a quarterback, don't just show yourself throwing, you know, 60-yard bombs. Make sure you're including some slant passes, some rollouts, you know, some plays where maybe you got pressured and had to and had to break free. And, you know, you mentioned, Sean, a lot of prospects don't necessarily understand, you know, what coaches are looking for. One of the things that I asked Gunderson about was, you know, so many athletes like to put music on their highlight films. And and there have been, you know, he said, Coach Gunderson said that for the most part, he just puts it on mute, doesn't listen to the music at all. But he said there have been some guys where they'll put, you know, profane lyrics over their highlight video. And, you know, coaches will just sit there and be like, what is this idiot doing? He puts this uh, this terrible music on his on his video and then sends it out to you know college coaches. That's basically his resume, and he's putting profane language on. So, kids out there, if you're making a highlight video, do not put <laughs> bad words uh, in the music behind it because if a coach hears that, he's not going to be happy. We're talking with former Husker online writer Dan Hoffman, who's now a content producer. Um, at Huddle, and, and another interesting point you made in this article with Ryan Gunderson, and I see this a lot myself, Dan, is kids with a, a, a spot shadow, they will maybe stop a play in the middle of the play to put themselves on spot shadow, and that kind of disrupts maybe what the your, your feel of the play is going to be if you're evaluating it. 
Yeah, Gunderson, you know, he said it is important to have spot shadows and make sure that, you know, the coaches can easily identify you. But do that before the play so the coach knows where you are. Because if you do it mid-play, then that kind of – it chops up the video, and uh, and he said it can kind of make it tough to judge fluidity and athleticism. So if you're going to put that spot shadow in, which you should do, make sure you're doing that uh, at the beginning or very near the beginning of a play. Don't, you know, do it in the middle because that can kind of uh, take away from the overall highlight itself. As we wrap it up here with Dan Hoffman, Dan, I'd be remiss if I didn't get at least one comment from you about this Nebraska baseball team. First of all, you leave, and and, and Robin and I kind of take over, and Mike Mattia by committee here to replace you, and, and they start winning every weekend and, and, and uh, taking care of business. So I think, uh, as you joked on Twitter, you leaving the beat might have been kind of the thing that turned things around for this program. I, I think you're right, Sean. I think I was the curse that was holding this team back. <laughs> I, I was uh, the 500-pound gorilla sitting on its back and not letting it get going. Well, uh, maybe a little bit of that went away now that Nebraska got swept in, uh, in the Big Ten tournament. But, um, yeah, I, I've continued to kind of watch the team from afar, and obviously this is a team that really needs Scott Schreiber for its offense. Hopefully he's able to come back this weekend and, Nebraska can get a couple wins down in uh, down in South Carolina. Yeah, it's really hard to know what to expect because Okie State and Clemson are, are great programs, and um, even Western Carolina, the four seed, won't be easy if they have to play them. So um, mm-hmm. there's there's a you know, and you you covered a regional for us a couple of years ago in, in Stillwater. So um, it, it's a different level of play, and, and um, will this team be up to the challenge? Uh, we'll find out, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It's and the challenge is going to come fast. I think you're going to have a pretty good idea of what to expect um, from this regional overall in Nebraska's first three or four innings on Friday. If they come out and, you know, get punched in the mouth and look a little shell-shocked, I think a lot of those bad vibes from losing the last two games in the Big Ten tournament are going to come back in a hurry. Well, Dan, it was great catching up with you again, and we couldn't go a month without talking to you. We had to get you back on here, so I'm glad we got a chance to catch up here, and I'm glad that you are enjoying your new job over at Huddle. Well, I'm so appreciative that you had me back on, Sean. And uh, just uh, once again, I mean, I know I said this on my last podcast, but thank you so much for all the opportunities that you gave me. I certainly wouldn't be here right now if you hadn't taken a chance on me coming out of college. So, um, yeah, thank you. And uh, I'm glad that you had me back on. Well, Dan, the pleasure is ours. And uh, that, that was Dan Hoppin. We come back here. We'll talk more summer camps and football discussion here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus as this weekend in Kearney on Saturday, the Nebraska Shrine Bowl will take place uh, at the University of Nebraska, Kearney. Um, this, I believe, is the fourth or fifth year now the game has been played out in Kearney. I think the fourth year. And um, you, you look at this roster as we bring Nate Klaus back into the program um, you know, it, it's a definitely a good roster. I think when I look at things right now, I think the South team, Nate, definitely has a little bit more star power than the North. Um, you, you go up and down the list, and um, first of all, you got some headline guys like Noah Fant from Omaha South, and then um, Gavin Rush, um, who's going to Wyoming. He's a Aurora guy. Noah Fant's going to Iowa. You've got those two kind of key guys to, to really build around, but maybe the best quarterback prospect in the state, and Alec Cromer. Uh, from Beatrice, um, who, who's a kid that's going to go to South Dakota State. Um, so top to bottom, I mean, it, it's definitely an impressive-looking South team when you kind of look at the breakdown right now. Well, yeah, and they're big up front. I think that's where you always want to look at is, is the lines. Uh, Jack Domandel, Gavin Rush, uh, Connor Pavlik, all, all those guys, they're they are big offensive linemen, uh, all very talented. And like you mentioned, Noah Fan, obviously, uh, we all know what, what type of talent he is. Uh, and then Logan or uh, Alec Cromer, excuse me, Logan Andrejaska, the two quarterbacks are, um, you know, both highly productive quarterbacks in high school. So uh, they've got some juice on, on offense, and they're they're big up front. So I, I think they could be a load to handle. You look at the receivers: uh, Todd Honus, a Nebraska walk-on; J.J. Schultz from York. But I think the backup guys maybe they have that, we have the depth charts here that the coaches gave us here for the game on Saturday, and 
both Emmett Knight, a South Dakota recruit, and Monte McGarry, a South Dakota State recruit, are listed as the number two guys. But I think they could be as explosive of playmaking options as this offense might have on the South. Yeah, I think for me, Monte McGarry might be one of the better athletes, overall athletes in the entire state, Uh, multi-sport guy, football, basketball, uh, and he's a kid who could play wide receiver, could play DB. I know he's starting at corner for the for the South team, and then is going to be a backup wide receiver. But the kid can run; he could jump. Um, you know, very, very athletic kid. He's he's one of my favorite players that came out of last year's class, actually. And you look another guy on this South defense to watch, Nate Elijah Wilson from Omaha Central, maybe the one of the Class A uh, defensive players of the year last year. He's going to South Dakota State as well as a DT, DN type guy. I think Nebraska, you know, gave him a little bit of a look. And, you know, if they would have known the Kevin Williams and uh, McMullen situations, who knows how they would have handled maybe that defensive line if they would have maybe found another offer out there. I'm not saying he would have got an offer, but he's no doubt a guy that had a very big season. I want to see what he can do on Saturday. Yeah, he's going to be fun to watch. There wasn't another defensive lineman in the state, really, that was as productive as Elijah Wilson, especially from that defensive tackle spot. For for him to put up the type of numbers that he did, the total uh, total tackle numbers, the tackle for loss numbers, uh, I mean, it was pretty amazing. And and he is a player that Nebraska was taking a look at down the stretch. I know they were they were kind of tight on scholarships, but like you mentioned, it, had they known that they were going to lose, um, you know, Kevin Williams, Greg McMullen, maybe maybe it would have changed the outlook a little bit more. It's hard to say, but uh, you no know, question, he's a kid who could play D N D tackle, and he's going to be disruptive no matter where he lines. Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus as we're we're talking about the upcoming Shrine Bowl that will take place in Kearney on Saturday at 2 o'clock. The game will be broadcasted on NET, uh, live statewide television broadcast. I'll actually be doing the color commentary uh, with Larry Putney on NET, so looking forward to doing that out there in Kearney. Then I'll hop on a flight and catch up with Nate and the guys in Los Angeles on Sunday morning. But um, you look at this North team, Nate, um, two very good quarterbacks that I'm intrigued to see. Jaden Kowalski from Bellevue West and Christian Ellsworth from Grand Island Northwest. Jaden's going to uh, um, uh, Northwest Missouri State. Christian, uh, he's a scholarship guy at Northern Iowa. Um, Really, you know, when you look at all the quarterbacks in this game, all of them are are as good. I mean, it's maybe as good of a group of quarterbacks as we've seen in a Shrine Bowl. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. All four of these guys. Uh, had, had unbelievably productive senior seasons and really careers in high school. All of them were multi-year starters. Uh, Kowalski there at Bellevue West uh, just put up insane stats there in that offense. Uh, and I think that maybe he was labeled a little bit of a, of a system guy, but that's, that's definitely not the case. He's a very athletic kid. Um, and I think that he's going to be able to, to kind of show uh, that maybe some some bigger teams out there missed out on him a little bit. I think he's got a great situation there at Northwest Missouri State, but it was always a, a, a prospect in the state that I felt like maybe deserved a little bit more attention than he did from college coaches. And then Christian Ellsworth, too. I mean, he put up uh, great numbers. Uh, he's walking into a, a favorable situation there at Northern Iowa. So uh, both these guys can throw the rock around. They're going to be spreading it around. Um, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. Grant Martin, uh, another guy, Larry Martin's son, will be the receiver on that team. You know, the, the running back position, though, Nate, is, is what intrigues me. Um, you've got a Nebraska walk-on in this game, uh, Tablin Hunt from Lincoln North Star. And is, is he the son of Andre Franklin? Is that right? I I don't know the exact the dynamics yeah, there the exact dynamics there but uh, yeah I believe I believe that's correct I, I don't I won't I won't fully endorse that but I, I do think that uh, um, he is he, there's some sort of relation there yes that might be a phone call I'll make to Mark Waller <laughs> on my drive into Carney to get that uh, settled when I'm on the air on Saturday but he has looked good in practice uh, they've been impressed with him he's been a physical load I was at the North practice. Uh, on Wednesday and, and where it was able to watch them and then Lambert from Fremont um, you know he's a guy that emerged and, and both those running backs have ran the ball well uh, on that team and uh, the other guy Nate is Jake Boss he to me there may not be a better all-around pure high school athlete in the state than Jake Boss all-state football as a kicker linebacker fullback state runner-up in wrestling at 195 then all-state in soccer 
for Columbus Scotus's three-time defending state championship soccer team. He plans to try out as a walk-on at Nebraska, not even guaranteed a spot, but uh, he's no doubt a guy that I'm intrigued to watch, and, and I think he's somebody, personally, I think Nebraska should give this guy a roster spot. Yeah, it's hard to argue against, you know, why he wouldn't deserve a roster spot there. Um, You know, and what's interesting to me is that combination of accolades that you just reeled off there. Uh, Football, wrestling, and soccer. I don't know that I've ever seen too many kids uh, that have, you know, the the same type of all-state credentials and and, uh, uh, in those three different sports there. It's kind of uh, interesting to me. But uh, he was a joy to watch in the state championship game. Um, You know, he did it all in that game. Two field goals. Two field goals. He's a kicker. Uh, he played both sides of the ball. He was unstoppable, and he was he, he came across as the type of kid that was the heart and soul of that team, and and that was the type of guy that you would put the team on his back. And when they needed something done, it, it was Jake Boss who was getting it done, and um, which pretty much exemplifies a Nebraska walk-on, right? So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. But he's another kid I think is is probably poised to to have a good game, or or at least have a, a couple good moments where you you say, wow, that, that kid's impressive. And he's undersized right now because of soccer. He's coming out of soccer, but he played football at about 210. Uh, you know, talking to Gary Schlesinger, the, the father of former Nebraska great Corey Schlesinger this week, uh, Gary is from the Columbus area, obviously in Duncan. His son Corey went to Nebraska, uh, but he's a wrestling coach at SCOTUS now. And he said that Jake is the closest kid he's seen to his son Corey as far as the, the makeup. And he goes, don't say he's undersized. He goes, my son Corey was the 189 state champion wrestler back in high school. He finished his career at Nebraska weighing 240. So there's no doubt he will be a guy to watch that game 2 o'clock Saturday on NET. I'll be on the television broadcast call. So looking forward to that. Uh, we will close the show next. Uh, lots of other recruiting storylines we want to hit on as far as new offers and, and headlines going out as Nebraska has a busy, busy month here with camps, and we'll get you all caught up on that next here to close the show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the show, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus. It's been already a jam-packed show filled with recruiting, and we're going to leave you with more recruiting as uh, that is what's going on right now. Nebraska is in full recruiting mode right now. Summer camps are in full swing. Nebraska just finished the May evaluation period. Uh, but there's also been just a lot of other just storylines and headlines with Nebraska recruiting. And I want to start right off the bat, Nate, with what Nebraska is doing right now for this Oregon game. Um, you look at, at the Rivals.com visit list on HuskerOnline.com, and, Nate, it's amazing how many guys have already confirmed for this Oregon game. You've got five stars, two five stars already in line, um, at least five four stars already coming to this game as well, and then three three stars. So it's no doubt about as early of a, a visit list as we've seen. Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen this many official visitors locked in already uh, at the beginning of June. I don't recall another time where, where uh, any staff over the last – 10, 15 years uh, that have, that has done that. So I think that's very, very impressive. And uh, for this Oregon game, it's it's being built up as the game to be at. If you're a California kid, uh, all these guys are, are coming out there from the West Coast. Uh, obviously, uh, the, the couple commitments in Keyshawn Johnson Jr., Tristan Jebbia are going to be there. Uh, Darnay Holmes from Calabasas, five-star cornerback, is going to be there with his teammates. The number one wide receiver in the nation, and Joseph Lewis, has confirmed that he's set up his official visit for that weekend too. He's a five-star prospect. Um, you know, one of the top one of the top 25 overall players in the entire nation. Uh, Diamador Lenore has already been to Nebraska for the spring game, uh, along with his teammate Raheem Johnson, who you could make the case probably is a, a four-star talent, even though he's ranked as a three-star athlete right now. So, um, you know, and the list goes on and on. I, I think that uh, for for Nebraska to have been able to, to lock in visits from from these types of guys this early. Um, you know, it's hard to say exactly, you know, how, how big this weekend could possibly get because you know that list is going to continue to grow. Yeah, and it, Nate, when you look at it, we talked about this off air, but it almost kind of reminds you a little bit of that 2007 USC game when uh, the number one ranked Trojans came to Lincoln and 
Um, it was kind of one of those all-in games for Bill Callahan and his staff, and obviously it didn't go well. So, I mean, are, are there some risk in, in kind of you know putting all your cards on the table um, with the official visit for a game like this, or it, it can only really good things come out of it? You know, I, I think more than anything, it's more good that's going to come out of it than bad. Um, you know, from my experience is that, you know, regardless of the outcome of the game, the kids usually have a good time, uh, they have a good experience going to the game. And, um, and a lot of times, even when the team does lose, they can say, hey, look, you know what? If I would have been playing in that position, maybe I would have made the play to help the team win. So uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can spin it unless you get just completely run out of the stadium, which which is that that can be hard to come back from. And, um, and that's something that, you know, I kind of experienced when, when when USC came to town in, in 2007, when I was working in Nebraska, we had. A, yeah, what did you do with the recruits after a game well, like that? It was it was tough. Usually, you take the recruits into the locker room, and and you have a you know the the atmosphere in the locker room is always good after a win, obviously. <laughs> and uh, but when you get beat like you like Nebraska did that year, we avoided the locker room at all costs. We we brought them straight upstairs to the the players' lounge, uh, tried to try to you know get the guys playing pool get them playing video games uh, I think we brought some pizzas up there right away and, and we're waiting for their player hosts uh, to come up there and, and and get them before they you know, went out for the night um, it was it was tough because you try to act like hey it's no big deal and everything but um, you know when you're part of the program it, it does sting when you when you just get the the brakes beat off you or you know so it's it's tough, but for the most part, regardless of the outcome, win or loss, the the kids enjoy the visit. They have a good time, and I don't know how much stock they necessarily put into, um, you know, who wins or loses. I, I think it's the the entire feel, the entire atmosphere, and everything. And um, I think what I like about this group so far that's that's heading to Lincoln is these guys all know each other. They're all good friends. They're all either teammates or have have visited Nebraska together already for the spring game uh, they're friends that compete against one another uh, on Friday nights they compete against one another on the seven on seven circuit so this is a tight-knit group and of they, kids. they know people on campus that aren't just student athletes I mean they so I, mean, I think some of these guys already have some friends they've made out here and, and they know how to have a good time and enjoy their time in Lincoln well yeah you talk about Keyshawn Jr. Tristan Jebbia, Darnay Holmes, uh, Javon McQuitty I mean these guys have been to to Lincoln what seven uh, six, seven, eight times over the last year or so, uh, and they're almost a, a fixture on campus already. They they know regular students on, on campus, and I think uh, when you when you have that type of thing going for you, uh, it, it's it's kind of contagious. I think other kids other kids like that feeling. They they want to maybe see what it's like to to go out there and uh, be somewhat of a, a celebrity. You know, I, I think you hate to you hate to pump recruiting up to to that status well you kind of have to but yeah you kind of have to and uh, and I think Nebraska, I think the coaching staff has, has done a good job of, of fostering that type of environment. It's a welcoming environment. These kids have, have totally embraced what Nebraska is all about and what Mike Riley and the, the coaching staff is trying to get done. And, um, you know, I think this the for the, this group of kids to have already committed to coming into to this Oregon game kind of speaks volumes. As we wrap things up here in the Husker Online Show with Nate Klaus, Nate, uh, some other visitor news, some guys making some repeat trips uh, give us an update on on some potential guys that could be on campus here in June well yeah obviously June is a busy month with camps and everything but it's also busy with big red weekends and these are the recruiting events that have been highly successful over the last what three four years or so uh, that, that started under Pelini uh, is have continued under Mike Riley and it was the idea of Ross Ells. let's get I mean Ross Ells gets um, you know criticized yeah. by members of Husker online but He's a good guy, and, and this was his idea. He, he came up with this, and it really has turned into the key summer recruiting event for Nebraska the last four or five years. There's no doubt that, that this was a great idea, and uh, you do have to give credit to Rossells for for putting this together, thinking of, of this type of uh, you know idea to to foster that family environment, to get these guys um, all on campus at the same time, create some camaraderie there, um, and, and I think it, it's really kind of taken on a, a life of its own. And uh, there's a couple guys that, that have visited already that are planning to, 
to be on campus again for Big Red Weekend. And one of the kids who I think could potentially be committing to Nebraska fairly soon is Ben Miles, the son of, of LSU head coach Les Miles. He's a fullback uh, out of Baton Rouge Catholic and uh, a tremendous athlete. And I think with the, the success that, that Nebraska had with, at the fullback position last year has really intrigued him. Uh, Mike Riley's reputation uh, in, in his uh, relationship with Les Miles is something that, that had really opened the door for the Huskers here. And, um, and when you look at LSU's situation, um, they have offered Ben Miles, but they just took a commitment from another fullback, from another big back, in this recruiting class, and and I don't know that they necessarily have room to take two fullbacks in this class. So, um, and then you look at Les Miles' situation personally. Yeah, I mean, heck, he made and and they're Big Ten people. His wife was the basketball coach for the women's team at Michigan years ago, mm-hmm. and and Les Miles obviously really you know started his career at Michigan or Bo Schimbeckler. So. They kind of are Big Ten people um, when you when you look at their background. Well, and when you're when you're coaching in major college football, I think you you automatically know uh, obviously a lot about the landscape, and I think you know what uh, Nebraska is all about and, and the tradition that's there, the type of success that they have with their student athletes, both on and off of the field. And Ben Miles enjoyed his visit for the spring game. He came up with his sister, uh, and they were able to experience all all that atmosphere. Uh, and they're making a return trip for Big Red Weekend. So uh, we're going to see what, what happens there. Um, I, like I said, I do think that that's a possibility that he commits. Kate Otten is a tight end out of Washington that's going to be uh, coming in for Big Red Weekend. This will be his first visit, but he's bringing the entire crew, uh, his entire family, uh, coach, uh you know grandpa i mean everybody is coming and and a lot of times when you see that that the entire family is coming i think that's usually a good sign uh, that they're obviously highly interested, but that they could be getting ready to to make a decision if, if things go well. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker is a, a Rivals 250 offensive tackle that's going to be on campus for, for Big Red Weekend, uh, and there's more and more kids confirming each and every day. So these are going to be a very busy three weeks, not just for camps, but also for these Big Red Weekends and these recruiting events. It's going to be a, a busy time, and uh, it starts this weekend for Nebraska the entire Husker Online staff will be in Los Angeles at Calabasas on Sunday. So make sure you you log on to Husker Online throughout the weekend as we will have uh, exclusive coverage, video coverage, photos, interviews, everything you want to know that comes out of this uh, major satellite camp Nebraska will have. And Nate, uh, I will see you in Los Angeles when I get into town on Sunday morning. That sounds great. Can't wait. All right. Looking forward to it as uh, we will have full coverage here over the weekend in Los Angeles. Thanks again for joining us this week on HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 